What is living in lockdown like? As the world tries to make sense of the coronavirus and South Africa's knee-deep in a government-initiated lockdown, we'll be hearing from different voices what they're up to and how they're handling living in the lockdown. What a great pleasure it is to look upon you again, Prof Block. Uh, I miss you. I really do. Miss you too. How are you? I'm very well, and you? Excellent. I hear you were just talking to someone important in Canberra. I was indeed. I was speaking to my great friend, Ken Freeman, Mm -hmm. who, as you know, is one of the world's greatest astronomers. And we were just discussing how the lockdown is affecting us in different ways. You know, for me, the lockdown affected me very severely, um, Gareth, because I was up in uh, the Arctic showing a group of people the northern lights. And so I was about 20 degrees from the North Pole when uh, I got a message on my cell phone and it simply said something very cold. It said, you need to get out of Norway within 24 hours because Oslo Airport's shutting down due to Corona. My goodness. So what did you do? Well, it was a bit of a, I was in a bit of a spin because I got this um, about three weeks ago. I got this on uh, the Sunday and I had to be out by Monday. So uh, I got hold of a friend of mine in South Africa and she got hold of her travel agent, uh, Claudia, and Claudia managed to get me out of a fl- on a flight out of the Arctic in, um, I was up at 4.30 a.m. the next morning. And wow. to cut a long story short, I made it to Oslo and managed to get onto a flight to Doha, being the second last flight out. My goodness. I mean, that's nerve-wracking. It really was. You know, and the thing was, Gareth, was that uh, there doesn't seem to be any grace with these lockdowns. By that, I mean, you simply get a message. You have to be out. No, what do you do? You have to be out. There's not, Prof. Block, is there anything we can do to help you? We understand you're in the Arctic. I mean, you're in the Arctic, right? You're 20 degrees from the North Pole. How on earth can I manage to get to Oslo and then get a connecting flight within 24 hours? But I did. Then I managed to enter Doha Airport. Uh, Then they locked down. And then I arrived in South Africa the day before they locked down. So it's been a it's been a real ordeal for you. It's been a, it really has been extremely unpleasant from that point of view. Ordeal is absolutely the right word. Uh, can you imagine Gareth being up in the Arctic? I mean, again, you're not in a big city, and you know you're in the wilds in a sense. I mean, you're out looking for the aurora when they tell you this. It's a great ordeal and it's a great challenge to be able to coordinate all those flights because uh, this took me about a year to prepare and suddenly I had 24 hours to get out. I'm going to, I mean, I mean, you're no stranger to our listeners, but I'm going to ask you about how lockdown has been since this horrible ordeal because it does give people like you who are thinkers and who are researchers and who are people who are fascinated by much bigger things than this little virus – um, yes. It does give you pause to reflect and to take in uh, much of the universe and to help the rest of us figure out our place in it. Um, yes. How has lockdown been since you got back? Where have you been locked down? Who are you with? How are you keeping yes. yourself in a routine? Yes. 
Yes, no, those are very, very important questions. I must say, Gareth, you remember the book, surely, by Joy Adamson, um, Born to be Free. Yes. And uh, I am born to be free. I'm a, you know, I'm gratefully and thankfully so. uh, People tell me a very highly creative thinker and so on. But I do like to walk, for example, at the botanical gardens or even outside my house in the streets. I like to walk and think. That's how I've always worked, Gareth, is I go to the botanical gardens, I go elsewhere, and I walk, and I look at waterfalls, and I take photographs, and I get inspired. And uh, this has been a particularly interesting challenge for me because (laughs) the botanical gardens are shut down. We're not allowed to walk. We're not even allowed to walk the dogs. We don't have dogs. But nevertheless, that's the – I mean, you know, Gareth, there's a point I want to share with you. Mandela came out of this very strong, but he was under solitary confinement for all these years. And it just – I think one thing the lockdown has stressed to me is how – how rigid it is, meaning that uh, you cannot simply go out to get inspired. You have to do it indoors. So what I've been doing, for example, is a couple of things. First of all, I've been Skyping friends. So today I was online to Canberra, and that keeps my mind very, very active. And, you know, Ken Freeman and I could talk about all the current happenings in Australia Corona, President Trump, the WHO uh, withdrawal, all that sort of thing. The denial of science we spoke about in general, not to take sides, but in general, you know, our book with Galileo, how the church of the day tried to, you know, deny Mm. science, what Galileo was seeing through his telescopes. So we had a long chat for about nearly two hours about that. But then um, I've also been spent this time very creatively trying to Skype, for example, with my family near Princeton Mm -hmm. in New Jersey, trying to Skype with my family in uh, Israel and uh, so on. But I must say that uh, it's a question of soul time. I I even downloaded an app called Soul Time, where they have different readings, generally from the Psalms. Yes. But you, you, you need, you definitely need to keep your mind very focused, given that, do you, I don't know if you're aware of this, dear Gareth, but every single telescope in the world is shut down. Now, Prof, that's interesting to me, because I've heard from a number of people, and they're not scientists and academics and i wanted to clear this up with you that the skies are actually nice and clear at the moment there's less pollution because all the big factories aren't open it would be a lovely Absolutely. it would be a lovely time to be and and most people in these telescopes operate fairly far from each other they're not in close quarters it's usually yes. usually one observer at a time it would be Absolutely. A, it would be the perfect time to be watching the stars and to be paying attention to the bigger movements of the universe while we, have, you know, Gareth, while we have time as well, right? Absolutely. You know, Gareth, uh, I think it was in the Second World War that the great astronomer, Walter Bader, uh, he was working at uh, the Mount Palomar Observatory and the Mount Wilson Observatories, and he made some of his greatest discoveries when there were blackouts because the skies were just so clear. And uh, when Los Angeles was not under lockdown but blackouts, mm-hmm. he made some of his greatest discoveries um, which, you know, were ever made at the time. So, um, yeah, 
you are completely correct. If I was working at a telescope, it would be myself and probably one or two engineers. But remember, these telescopes are four stories high, so social distancing is no problem. You know, I'd probably be on level floor four and they'd be on level zero. <laughs> so uh, it is a mystery to me um, why they are all locked down. Um, it, it, you know, it's almost seemed as if there was a tsunami behind everybody to get everybody back to their families. On the other hand, Gareth, on the other hand, I don't think it's the greatest of fun to be locked down at a telescope. But if you're one of the engineers and you lock down, say you're working in a Kitpik Observatory or one of the world's great observatories, Hawaii, and suppose you are at the telescope and it's snowing or whatever, and you're there for two months. I mean, you know, if this happened, say, in January, February, uh, you know, what do you do? Um Maybe it's a decision, a humane decision by the directors just to say, all right, go home and be with your families. But I couldn't agree with you more that this would be the absolutely ideal time to perhaps make one of the some of the world's greatest discoveries because it's pitch black. The atmosphere is incredibly clear. The stars are shining even so brightly from outside our home that uh, – it is an ideal time as far as astronomy goes. And maybe from that point of view, well, it would have been great not to lock it down. You know, Prof, during the, the, the Black Death and, and later on in the yes. 1600s when there was a recurrence of the bubonic plague in England, Isaac Newton was in lockdown. And he, yes. and he during that time, wrote Principia Mathematica and, exactly. and came up with a number of his laws of motion and gravity and optics. Yes. Now, yes. I... I think that a lot of people are looking to the stars for guidance. Of course, in the old days, they also used to blame the planetary alignments for plague and that kind of thing. Exactly, like astrology. Yes, correct. And that's obviously nonsense. Mm -hmm. But perhaps, yes. perhaps you can give us something to look at in the stars tonight, and you can give everyone some inspiration. Yes. And when we all turn our, our eyes to the heavens, as the Psalms tell us to, yes. um, let, let us hear from you what we might be able to see and, and give everybody some feeling of, of togetherness if we're all looking at that same bright star. Yes. You know, with the coronavirus, dear Gareth, uh, many of us, many people are sitting in the dark. They really are. They feel things are out of control. And you quite correctly so. You need something to give one uh, hope outside of the coronavirus and the politics of the presidents and so on and so on. And to me, the while the lockdown speaks of force and taking away freedom, the night sky speaks of space, of calm, of peace and of ease. And I'd like to share a little, a tiny part of a little poem by Annie Dillard with you mm. about sitting in the dark. She says as follows, and I quote her, you do not have to sit outside in the dark. If, however, you want to look at the stars, you'll find that darkness is required. The stars neither require it nor demand it, unquote. And to me, that's awesome, is that most of us, most of us 
can go outside of an evening, see, for example, the planet, see Venus, uh, see some of the Milky Way. Uh, it's a time, I mean, irrespective of whether you train to know what you are seeing when you look up, I would just encourage people to get off television for some time. Get off the, you know, all I was seeing, Gareth, was one hospital bed after another and one uh, more body being loaded in Italy. For me to keep my sanity, I have to do what Annie Delard says, is go outside, uh, look up in the dark. As you say, the stars, the night sky, the Via Lactea, the Milky Way, just so awesome in its grandeur. And, it's been a, and somehow it's in that stillness that I can regain focus. Because that's what David Block needs right now is focus. And that's what I'm able to do. For example, I look at my books. I look at my own photographs. I've been doing that. I've been calling up my own photographs uh, online on my computers. And uh, just to look at the beauty and the stillness of the cosmos. And that takes me out of the corona domain. It takes me out of yeah, terra firma, out of politics and wangling and so forth and lockdowns mm. to which there's no time, Gareth. And, Prof, you feel like you are free when you look up at the stars. Um, you know, I there, do. There are innumerable people in history who've been locked up for various reasons. You referred to Nelson Mandela earlier. But there are people yeah. who are locked up. And, and the one thing we can all do, no matter how rich, poor, you know, old, young, healthy or unhealthy, we can yes. all take a, a look at the stars, and that's where we're going to end up anyway. We come from the stars. So stardust, one, cosmic right. stardust. Yeah. And, and, and I love talking to you because you see the big picture. Yes. And I'm, I'm delighted that, you know, even during this time, if, if it gives us nothing else but pause for thought, then maybe we can download one of those apps that allows you to name the star that you're looking at, and there are some fantastic innovations now. Absolutely. You know, Gareth, um, there's something that I've also been doing, and that is photography, mm. um, and especially also looking at some of the latest apps. And there's one app that your listeners might like to download for free called Photopulls. Oh, Photopulls, yes? it's like giving medicine, <laughs> but not giving medicine for corona, giving medicine for photos. <laughs> and it takes you through things which I think is interesting. If you've, if you've got a camera, how do you know where the moon's going to rise? How do you know what time the moon will set, like the supermoon? How do you know, will it be behind Northcliff Water Tower? These, yeah. This information I discovered all on photopause is already there. You can actually find out I did it yesterday. When will the next supermoon be in front of the Empire State Building? I mean, that's the detail it goes into. Wow. Simply called photopulls. And, and you can go to the island of Majorca and you've got a lighthouse and you say, when will the Milky Way be curving behind the lighthouse? And it gives you the date and the time. So uh, photopulls is an incredibly – I've spent two hours on <laughs> photopulls just to see what it offers so that I can tell others, like your um, beloved listeners, what this actually offers. And I think that it's uh, corona time is an awesome time to be still and to spend time creatively learning new things. And to me, it was a great adventure, photopulls, because it even shows you – uh, where to go for all the next eclipses. But especially I get so asked so often, where is the sun tonight? What's the 
angular size of the moon and which constellation will it rise and so on. And Photopulse does it all. And best of all, it's free. And that's what I've been very interested to see is so many of the major companies, photographic companies, have actually made the online courses free, Gareth. Um, I, for example, yeah. uh, use one specific brand of camera and that specific company has actually put all their online courses master classes free for a month so it's like listening to Yehudi Menuhin but in the realm of photography which has been my love for 40 50 years because I started at the age of 15 I guess with photography and just to learn some hints and tips and so yeah from that point of view that's amazing you mentioned Yehudi Menuhin and yes and I know you watched Andrea Bocelli's uh, yes. concert the other night, uh, yes. Music for Hope. Oh, yes. And what did you think of that? Well, that to me is going to go down in history as sort of the, the epoch moment, social media moment, because it brought 24 million people together mm. in the space of one day. And why did it do it? Because it was through beauty it was through one of the world's most beautiful and purest of voices, and it lifted us, just like yes. the stars. It lifted Gareth. It lifted David. It just took me from lift. You know, some people are staying in their pajamas. They've got nothing to do. They, it, it takes one. It lifts. It takes. It's an escalator to bigger things. It's now, beautiful. Prof, there are a few other things, if I can touch on them quickly. I see you've been concerned by recent volcanic activity in Iceland. Yes, I have. And um, you know that uh, I was actually uh, – I've been planning trips to various locales to take people to see the aurora. And I don't know if you remember in 2010, uh, Gareth, there were hosts of flights cancelled because a volcano in Iceland spewed up lava and spewed up ash. And all flights in 2010, most European flights were cancelled yes. as a result of that. And that, that uh, unpronounceable name. That's right. I, that's right. All I say is a volcano whose name I cannot tell you, but you can Google it. Right. You've yes. never asked me about this. I just don't know what that what – that, even if I had it in front of me, I wouldn't know the name. But, yeah, it's starting to rumble again. And um, I think that, uh, as you know, because you're a Facebook friend of mine, is that um, I take science so seriously – and when I see glaciers melting, for example, do you feel the same as I do, Gareth? We have to ask yes. why the glacier well, Prof, melting. We, we live, we, you, you know what a knife's edge we live on. I mean, the, the, the exactly. miracle of life is such a miracle because the chances Absolutely. of any of us even being here, let alone evolving over millions of years and, and having the earth at just the right temperature for it to be habitable and for, for carbon yes. atoms to arrange themselves yes. in, in, the, in yes. the chains that they do. I mean, we, yes. we know how impossibly difficult Absolutely. it is to have the chance of life even though the universe is so big and and there are so many variables um yes and and a lot of what we do on this planet is destructive and self-destructive but, but but we've also got to accept that we're very lucky to even have found some small corner of the universe to to live in <laughs> because the requirements yeah, no, for life are so, but, but, so extraordinary I mean, you know, you know, I mean, I must tell you something which I think you'd find amusing as all your listeners, and that is 
Here's, here's Dave Block and Gareth pondering the fine tunings of the universe. And I go out and I find people gathering 40 rolls of toilet paper. You know, you know, you know, that is to me just it's it's the you've got the two poles here. I'm busy thinking of the electromagnetic force and the weak nuclear force and how finely tuned they are to have Gareth on his show today. And here's somebody worrying about 40 rolls of toilet paper. The human race has lost it. Now, I, I did see one other thing that actually struck a chord with me because I feel the same way. You know, you see the, the police and the SANDF being quite vicious and violent with people who yes. really are not – these are not criminals. No. No, these are no, people no. who very often are, are, are desperate. They're fearful. They're trying to yes. provide for their families. And you, you see horrible pictures of people being victimized. And I know yes. this upsets you as much as it does me. Absolutely. Terribly. Um, what would you what would you, you say know, to them if, if they were listening to you now? I would say that um, they should go out with the words with which uh, the president sent them out is go out with a helping hand, go out to reinforce the law, but not by force. Uh, go out to uh, educate people out there. For example, for example, if I was in, in, passing somebody in the street or say a group of 10 people, I would try and explain to them that uh, it's in their own best advantage not to gather and so on and so on and so on. In other words, to lend a helping hand. I cannot emphasize this. I'm so glad I've got the privilege to do it on your unique show today because one's got to have, uh, again, going back to Norway, force, force, force being implemented. And the whole idea... Uh, is that we should be helping, uh, giving a helping hand. I mean, I was horrified when uh, a gentleman, was it in Fosler's Risk, Gareth, uh, died uh, as a result of uh, force, apparently. So, yeah, uh, we, we, uh, hear, we hear about people being arrested. Some 2,000 people have been arrested. Yes. You yes. know, only, only 37, according to the latest statistics, yes. have died, yes. but 2,000 yep. have been arrested. It seems yep. a little draconian. It really is. And also, I mean, the thing is, at least we had some time uh, for the lockdown in India. 1.3 billion people had four hours, which I think is insanely inhuman. You cannot have people walking 600 kilometers. There are people reportedly walking six. I mean, I'd like to see the president of any country walking 600 kilometers. Terrible. These guys come in their limousines and he has a poor guy in India or a poor lady walking, walking and being almost whipped, uh, walking 600 kilometers, yeah. and then get turned away. So, yes, I w you, know, you know, in a real sense, Gareth, I must say, if Nelson Mandela was alive today, it would be so interesting to have him guide the SANDF and so on. I'll tell you why. Because he spent all those years on Robben Island, and he knows what confinement is. He knows what solitary confinement is. He understands the. He understood the human psyche, as you know. I met with him quite a few times, yeah. and he understood people. Um, I think that that's what's missing worldwide is compassion. I don't know if you agree with me. Um, during this Corona time, is compassion seems to be running out the door. Um, you see it uh, with certain members of the forces. 
you walk around. There's very few folk who are really just simply looking up in awe and wonder. And, you know, I hope that there are SNDF members and some listening to the show because their role is not to whip, but rather a shepherd. You know, like a shepherd in olden biblical days used to have a crook and they would gently guide people. The crook was never used to whip. I think people need to be led, Gareth, mm. into safety, not driven into safety. Would you agree with me? I completely agree with you, Prof, and I'm glad that people like you are, are, are noticing these things and speaking out against them, even if it is on yes. social media. But most yes. importantly, I'm delighted to have you inspire us to look up and I hope that when all of this uh, madness is over, we'll be able to get together and talk some more. We must. We really must because I think astronomy is the domain which you love so much, which I'm trained in. And it, it does help the soul to look up at very difficult times like this and to take away that feeling of trappedness. I think one of the worst fears people can have is one of anxiety, fear, and of being trapped. And the, the plug which unlocks that feeling of being trapped is to study the wonders of the cosmos. Prof Block, um, much love and respect to you as always, and keep safe and healthy, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, Gareth. It's been an honor being with you. Cliffcentral.com